do y'all remember MySpace? I feel like such a uh, uh, such a such a boomer. I'm not a boomer, but uh, okay, boomer. Uh, I feel like such a such an old fuddy duddy asking uh, asking that, or an old fogey asking that. Do y'all remember MySpace? Um, I uh, before Facebook, of course, you had MySpace, and I remember that uh, one of my you could change your 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 profile name on your MySpace account. And for quite a while, I think it's, if it's still up, it would, it would still be this name. My profile name for my MySpace account was the name Jim Anderson. Now I introduced myself earlier at the beginning of this video as Adam Godbold, pastor of Faith Methodist Church. I'm not Jim Anderson, but I made my, my profile name Jim Anderson. And perhaps only a few of y'all recognize that name, and most likely even fewer, even if you recognize that name, most likely even fewer of you know where I got that name. I got it from the old sitcom, Father Knows Best. James Anderson Sr., known as Jim Anderson. Father Knows Best. Um, I didn't grow up with Father Knows Best as a, as a, uh, uh, a current television show at the time that I was growing up, but I did grow up seeing some reruns here and there on Nick at Night and things like that. And I remember my parents loved Father Loves uh, Father Knows Best, and I was a bit amused by it and whatnot. But I remember that phrase, Father Knows Best. This past Wednesday, uh, this past Wednesday morning, I mentioned to you, I was somewhere I didn't want to be. I was in Wright and Ferguson Funeral Home in Flowood, Mississippi, and I was doing something I didn't want to do. I was leading the funeral of my Uncle Bob. Now, my Uncle Bob was always a very quiet man, a man of very few words, at least when I was around. Um, he, he always had kind of a stoic demeanor. Um, he didn't say all that much. But I always felt that he was a very kind and gentle man. And that morning as I stood in the pulpit and the majority of the people out in the congregation are my family members, cousins and aunts and uncles and my mom and dad and, and others who, uh, who loved Uncle Bob uh, so much, I was charged with sharing uh, with them from the gospel. I was charged with sharing uh, with them from the scriptures. And the passage that I took to preach from was John chapter 11, the story of the death of Lazarus and Jesus raising him again from the dead. And I, uh, I, I talked about how hollow, how hollow and empty words tend to be in the midst of loss. When we suffer loss, sometimes the last thing we want from others is for them to try to share a word with us to make us feel better. Because typically they don't make us feel better. Or if they do make us feel better, that feeling is very, very transient. It's very temporary. And so sometimes the last thing we need and the last thing we want is to hear words from someone trying to comfort us when we find ourselves really in need of comfort. But what does typically comfort us when we're hurting, when we suffer loss, when we suffer great disappointment, where perhaps we've been shocked by the sudden death of a loved one as my Aunt Myra was, what, what does comfort is the presence of others who can hurt with us, who are willing to do the hard 
and laborious work of hurting with us, which is quite unnatural to us because we try to avoid hurt. We don't like pain. Uh, neither should we. Uh, we don't like losing. We don't like losing a game, much less losing someone that we love. And so that loss is very painful. And so typically we avoid it at all costs. And so sometimes when someone is hurting, especially when they've lost a loved one, it's far easier to throw some cheap words at them and try to comfort them that way and then move along. Uh, You know, uh, be warm and filled. I've got other things to do. Because it's uncomfortable to stay near. But here's the thing. Wednesday morning, sharing words was precisely the reason I was asked and called to stand in that pulpit. To have something to say. To have something from God, hopefully, to comfort those who are hurting And so what I did was I did what any good preacher should do. I put a few words in Jesus' mouth. I think I did it on good authority. Uh, I didn't just make up things uh, whole cloth to, to attribute to Jesus. But as we looked at that passage in John chapter 11, I shared with them what I thought would be three Three things that Jesus would say to them. And I share those with you right now. And then we're going to look and tease out those just uh, over the next few moments. I told them if Jesus were here with you, and he is, he would tell you, I know. He would tell you, I care. And he would tell you, I'm here. Moses could say the same in his day. He could say the same for God in his day. I know, I care, I'm here. In fact, Yahweh essentially says just that to Moses, who he's going to raise up to be his leader, to be his figurehead, leading his people, the Hebrews. In Exodus chapter 3, or better yet, in Exodus chapter 2, Beginning at verse 23, we read, During those days, these are the days that Moses has fled Egypt and has traveled to the land of Midian and has married and had a child. During those days, many days, the king of Egypt died. And the people of Israel groaned because of their slavery and cried out for help. Their cry for rescue from slavery came up to God. And he heard their groaning. And God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. God saw the people of Israel, and God knew. Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. And he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I'll turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. Then he said, Do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. 
And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And so Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings and I've come down to deliver them out of the hands of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites and the Jebusites. And now behold, the cry of the people of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Wednesday morning, I said I was somewhere I didn't really want to be. But you know, in the end, I guess... I really was where I wanted to be because I wanted to be where God was calling me. I wanted to be with people who are hurting, with my family who was hurting. I wanted to be with my Aunt Myra, though it was uncomfortable. I wanted to be with my cousins and I wanted to be with my other aunts and my uncles. I wanted to be with my mom and dad. I wanted to be right there in the midst of of the pain and the loss, because no one should endure pain and loss alone. I was where I was supposed to be that morning, and I was doing what I was supposed to do, hard as it might be. This is Father's Day, and you know that's precisely, exactly, just what godly fathers do. They do the right thing, even when they'd rather not. Fathers, you've got to know, as Yahweh could tell Moses, I know. As Jesus can tell those who are hurting and suffering the loss of a loved one, I know. Fathers, you've got to know. You've got to know what your kids are going through. You've got to know what's going on in your kids' lives. You've got to to be aware You can't be ignorant to it, just as God does not remain ignorant to our hurt and our plight. I love that the very last words of chapter 2, as as Moses is explaining what God is uh, is aware of, it gives that simple but bold statement, and God knew. Our kids go through tough times. Our kids go deal with pressures that we're oftentimes unaware of. We've got to know. God knows our every situation. God knows our every hurt. He knows our every pressure. He knows. Fathers, you've got to care. Knowing is not enough. You've got to care. You've got to be, 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 be moved by it. Just as Jesus cared for the hurt of Mary and Martha in John 11. Just as the psalmist cries out to God to rescue him in the midst of his trouble, to stand for him in the midst of his difficulties and suffering, 
Just as Yahweh was so moved by compassion, He cared so much for His people, the Hebrews. He cared so much that He was willing to move. He was willing to act. And what does He do? I love, again, what is said... um, Where is it? Oh, the beginning of verse 8. Yahweh is explaining how much he knows and how much he cares about his people. And then he says, And I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and also to bring them up out of that land and into a good and broad land. He says, I have come down. Just as Jesus could tell Mary and Martha, I'm here. Just as as Yahweh could tell Moses and could tell his people through Moses, I'm here. We've got to be there. This is not just for us dads, but for all of us. We've got to be there when people that we love are hurting. We've got to be there when people that we love are suffering. We've got to be there. It's not good enough just to know and it's not good enough just to care. We've got to be willing to be there. And some of you watching need to know this about your Father in Heaven. He is a good and perfect Father. He's not broken like our fathers are. He's not broken like those of us who are fathers are. He is a good and perfect Father. He is the archetype of fatherhood. He defines what fatherhood looks like. And you need to know this, each and every one of us, we need to know that He knows, He cares, and He's there. He knows our every hurt. He cares about those things that we care about. He calls us in the epistles, Cast your cares upon me, for I care for you. And he's there. Doesn't always seem like it. Sometimes we, along with the psalmist, look at the heavens and cry out, Where are you, God? Why are you hiding? Why don't you stop the trouble that I find myself in? Why don't you smite my enemies? Destroy those who are trying to destroy me. Where are you, God? It doesn't always seem like God is there. It doesn't always feel like God is right there. You know, we want God to rescue us from all of our troubles, to, to, to keep us from all that hurts us. But sometimes what He does is He rescues us through our troubles. And He rescues us in the midst of all that hurts us. As a good Father, He is there. And as He told Moses so that Moses could tell Israel, I've come down. I'm aware. I have great concern for you. And I've showed up. I'm not leaving. I'm here. It's often hard to remember that God knows and cares and is here. Especially when we find ourselves in trouble. Life, you know, is filled with pain. It's filled with disappointment. It's filled with frustration. It's filled with loss. But we serve a God who knows, He cares, and He's here. 
We serve a God who's taken our troubles upon himself, who's taken our brokenness into himself. And we serve a God who redeems, who brings back life from death, who brings back health and well-being from despair and brokenness. We serve a God who shines hope like a light in the midst of darkness, in the midst of despair. And perhaps this morning, as you listen, God is calling you by name, Moses, Moses. Perhaps He's calling you by name, sending you out, sending you to do, sending you to do something for those who are hurting. Sending you to do something to alleviate the suffering of others. That's where Moses found himself here in Exodus chapter 3. He's just out doing his normal daily work. He's doing what a shepherd does. And here's this normal everyday thing, a bush out in the wilderness. Doing something quite unnormal and unnatural is burning yet not being consumed. But Moses doesn't just go about his normal business. He then says, let me go see what in the world is happening. This is unusual. Notice Moses is curious and he's willing to act upon that curiosity. And what happens is God calls to him from that bush, calls him by name, Moses, Moses, here I am. And God calls him to do something about the suffering of his people. To go back into danger. To go back into where he doesn't want to be. To go back into where he fled from. To go back to those who are enslaved and those who are suffering. Because that's precisely where God goes. He always goes into the midst of our suffering, into the midst of what we're fleeing, into the midst of where we're trying to get away from. He always goes back to take hope into hopelessness, to take light into darkness, to take healing and well-being into suffering and pain. Hopefully you can hear the voice of God this morning. Hopefully you can hear His Word to you, declaring to you, I know, I care, I'm here. Hopefully, if you've heard those words from your Father in Heaven who loves you more than He, more than he even loves Himself, then hopefully you can also hear his voice calling you by name, calling you to take hope to those who are without it, to take peace to those who are suffering. Because that's precisely what he does. That's precisely where he goes. And he leads us as his people to his people who are hurting and broken who need to hear from Him, who need to be reminded, I know, I care, I'm here. May we be the type of people, dads, may you be the type of dad who knows, 
who cares, who's there. Father, we thank you for your good word to us. We thank you for your great love for us. We thank you for the opportunity to be able to hear your word together, to be able to to reflect upon and celebrate your love together. And we pray that you would bless us as we've got um, responsibilities before us, busy weeks ahead of us, as we've got a day filled with perhaps festivities and uh, spending time with the kids and who knows, maybe grilling out or whatever it is that we've got going on today and in the days ahead. Lord, we pray that you would help us to sense your nearness, help us to know your concern, and help us uh, to know that you are well aware of our troubles and that you care about them and that you meet us even in the midst of them. Lord, we love you and we thank you for your great love for us. And we pray all this in the mighty name of your triumphant and victorious Son, King Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Please check out our website at faithmethodistchurch.org. There you can find out more about our church and how we serve our community. You can also subscribe to this podcast there, and you can even give to support our ministry. Again, thank you for listening.